Welcome to The Recovery Show. We are the friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of powerlessness. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Swetha and I'll be your host today. Joining me is Kelly. How are you, Kelly? Excellent, thank you. Next to Kelly is Spencer. How are you today, Spencer? I'm doing well, thanks. Great. The first step, in part, says that we admitted that we were powerless over alcohol. Um, in what ways did you feel powerless before you came into the program? So before the program, for me, I often felt powerless over my own life, even though I didn't see it as powerlessness. I felt inadequate, actually, because I used to know the answer to everyone else's life. I knew exactly what other people should do. And um, then when it came to my own life, I really struggled with the correct answer um, because if I, I thought the correct answer was getting everyone else around me to do what it was that I wanted so that my life would work better and it didn't and when I couldn't make other people do what I wanted to do I felt not powerless I felt inadequate I thought I had the power I just wasn't tapping into it properly or I wasn't doing it the right way um, and to get what I wanted or what I needed or what I thought I needed at the time um, so that's, that's what I, I guess I associated with powerlessness was just inadequacy uh, before the program. Uh, Kelly, how did you feel? Um, I, like the, I like what you said about inadequacy and, and as you were talking I thought about, um, I go to a lot of open talks and there a lot of the AA speakers talk about how they feel like they missed that day in school where they learned like the tools of how to live life. And that's where I felt powerless too. I, I felt like when I couldn't get my addict to do what I wanted or hear my point or if I just in general didn't feel like I was being heard or even when people didn't like my ideas, I, I generally felt powerless in those means. And it was, it, it felt like I just was lacking the capacity to say it in a way that they would understand it. Like they just, you know, I, I was missing some sort of tool. Um, I, I didn't necessarily, I don't necessarily have a lot of recent experience feeling powerless over active addiction, but I did feel very powerless when I was living with a dry drunk and that was tricky too in the sense that I I couldn't figure out how to help him be happy and that was definitely a feeling of powerlessness too. Right. You know I, I'm a, I'm thinking as you guys are talking and, and I don't think that I would have recognized a feeling of powerlessness. Um, I was just not that self-aware and you know as a male in our society, I certainly was brought up with the idea that I could do anything and that it was my job to take care of things and other people. And so when that didn't work, when that didn't work uh, in particular with uh, the alcoholic in my life, that I was not able to um, get her to stop drinking too much or to stop drinking at all uh, or to cut back, whatever, uh, that was very 
very frustrating. And, um, you know, I had seen the 12 steps as I spent some time in rooms at, at recovery programs as a friend or family member. And, you know, I don't think I really thought about the, the first step of those at all. Uh, at that point, I was much more resistant to some of the lighter steps that had words in them like God that I didn't like. But um, when, I, when I finally came into the program, I mean, I came in because I had recognized, at least for a moment, that I actually was powerless and that it was not my job. It was not my responsibility. Uh, and, uh, and that brought me into the program, but I still looked at the first step and I said, well, my life's unmanageable, which is the second part of the first step. That was easy for me, but, but that I was powerless, really, it took longer for me to accept. And, and it really was that life experience of trying to control over and over, trying to control and not getting the desired outcome. And in many cases, getting the opposite of the desired outcome. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to hear how you guys think about powerlessness now that you've been in the program for a while. Um, well, for me, when I came into the program, I, I, don't, I don't think I still necessarily accepted the idea of powerlessness. I think, it, kind of like what Kelly was saying, um, she said she felt like she didn't have the tool, like I, I just felt inadequate. So I thought I could come in here and learn the tools, mm. and and that I mean, I, I, when I came in and I was saying, well, it's not that I I can't, I don't know how to, I I just haven't been able to yet, and then someone told me, well, that's powerlessness, and you haven't been able to because you can't, no one can, and um, and that that was pretty eye opening and took a little while to sink in. I, I think it sank in. I just didn't want to admit it. I wasn't, wasn't too thrilled about that idea. That was ludicrous. Everyone else could do it, right? But um, it seemed like everyone else could do it in the program because they were so happy and smiling and laughing. And, and I thought, well, how, can, how could you possibly be laughing when the people around you are not doing exactly what you want? So clearly, <laughs> these people have mastered the art of mind control. And uh, I'm in the right place. But uh, one of those things was right. <laughs> and the other thing was that people had ability to control minds. Um, but uh, that's, that's how I, I kind of thought of powerlessness when I came into the program. Is it slipped from I haven't been able to, to I can't, to I'm now powerless. That's, that's what powerless means. I think I just, powerlessness was no longer a weak thing. It wasn't something that made me less of a person, which is what I thought it was when I came in. Um, coming back to this resistance, I think what you said, there's a sort of equation of powerless equals helpless. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think one of the things that got me past not being able to accept powerlessness was recognizing that powerlessness was not helpless. Right. Right. Yeah, I think now to me, the idea of powerlessness is actually a positive thing. I think of it as when I'm when I feel powerless, I look at it as an opportunity where I've actually been able to let go of control, and sort of a, a sort of a, I don't know, adopting the idea of letting go in the sense that it's a good thing. You know that it's okay that I'm not trying to control everything and and realizing that I can't, you know, that I, that 
that I, there is power greater than me <laughs> that is doing lots of things that I am not capable of. But when I first came to the program, I was extremely resistant to the idea of powerlessness. I did not, I did not grow up with any kind of idea that powerlessness existed. Um, I grew up with just learning that whatever you set your mind to, you can do. You can take care of it, you can handle it, and sort of an idea that you can't really rely on anybody else, so you have to take care of everything yourself. And so it's, um, it's a refreshing change for sure to see the transition from between those two ideas. Yeah, actually, I, before I came to the program, I used to have this like huge laundry list of things that I thought I was responsible for, and it was huge. I mean, everything was on it, past, present, and future. And once I got okay, got into the idea of powerlessness, I was like, well, that's one, one more thing off that list, one more thing off that <laughs> list, don't need to worry about that. And it was, I thought it would be terrifying, and I think it was the first two things, the first few things I was thinking of, it was. And then it was so relieving. I was like, I have so much more free time now that I don't have to worry about world hunger. And <laughs> that guy over there across the street, if he's going to get, if he's going to watch the the sign before he before he walks and all that, just completely random stuff. More time for me. <laughs> our, our illusion of power over totally random things. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> you have some is, experience it, with that, Spencer. Oh wow. Um, <sighs> I have I have this personality type where I tend to be a rule follower and I think everybody else should be following the rules and so <laughs> I get extremely upset when you know somebody doesn't you know completely stop at a stop sign or or whatever it might be and and I want to grab them and say no you must stop and you know, this illusion of power is, is pretty crazy uh, in, the, in that kind of situation. <laughs> right. um, and so, it's so disconnected. I, I remember I was, sitting, uh, I was sitting somewhere at a meeting of some sort the other day, and the, all the chairs were in a circle except one chair. And normally I would want to move that chair back into the circle, because if it moved into the circle, the rest of my life would be okay. You know, like everything else would be fine, and that would be proof that everything was fine because the chair was in the circle. This chair in a random room that I'm never, I'm probably not going to see again. But that's the connection I made in my head. If everything followed the rules, if only everything followed all of the rules, everything would be fine. Everything would be fine. And so I, I wonder maybe um, if you guys could reflect on what you were saying that the feeling that here's this thing that I could do something about. I could move that chair back into the circle, and then you said, and then the rest of my life would be fine. And so, is this, is this um, a thing where there are things in our lives that that are out of our control, and we're trying to control the things we can control so that we can feel better about the things that are out of our control? Is that is that where you were going with that? Maybe most or? most likely. I think it's kind of yeah. I think I relied on rules a lot. Like if I followed the rules, then so should everybody else. And then I would know what's going to happen. You know, I think it's this fear of of something completely unexpected happening, like just random explosions out of out of nowhere. You know, just I leave and I leave the room for 10 seconds and I come back in and there's suddenly just kind of this shift in in the feel of the room just because I was so in tune to 
whoever else I was, I was sitting next to or whatever, my, my parents or my significant other. And I was so scared of the sudden changes, sudden just drastic changes that I wasn't prepared for. And so if there were rules, see the rule is your mood doesn't change when someone leaves the room <laughs> unless there's a clear logical progression there and they have to explicitly state how they got to from mood A to mood B because that's the rule. Hmm. But that's, I think that's what it was. It's kind of, um, I just, I didn't want anything unexpected. I didn't like surprises. Someone threw me a surprise birthday party once uh, before I came to the program. That was terrible. I was really <laughs> unhappy. I was not prepared. <laughs> Yeah, so. Marvelous <laughs> over your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to study for my final. I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, is that how you guys kind of, is that something you guys relate to? That feeling of controlling one thing so that it could make everything else make sense? Or, Well, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking about this idea of rule following because I'm definitely a rule follower too. And I think that's always been the most difficult part about my relationships with the addicts in my life is that in general the addicts that I have experience with are rule breakers and that's always where the conflict in the relationship comes up is I can't understand why they never want to follow the rules it's not even like an occasional rule breaking it's like every possible opportunity and so it's 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 always up until this point, I feel like, of really grasping the idea of powerlessness, it's been difficult to work through the relationship with someone who does something completely opposite from the way that you do it and not be able to control them into doing it your way. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think about, um, you know, that... Yeah, the, the well, all of the people in my life, really, they, they don't do things the way that, that I do them. They don't um, follow the same set of rules and concepts that I do. And one of the, I think, one of the, the gifts of the perm to me there has been in, in recognizing that I can't change them I can only change the way that I react to them. Uh, so, for example, with my mother, who taught me codependency from a very early age, by example, uh, she she's one of these people that's not happy until everybody around her is happy. And so she's always second-guessing herself. She's always trying to find alternatives that will make everybody satisfied. I was with them out in Los Angeles uh, a couple of years ago, and we were trying to decide where to go for dinner. And they had an idea. They wanted to go to their favorite Japanese restaurant, and I was okay with that. And then I said, and silly me, I said, you know, I haven't had any Mexican food since I've been out here. And she immediately went into this long process of, well, I don't really know any Mexican restaurants, and and, you know, maybe we could look one up in the phone book or something like that. And, oh, there's one. You wonder if that one's any good. And, and, and I just, I knew I was powerless over this process of, of her having to work through it. And, and I could say, you know what, let's just go to the Japanese restaurant as many times as I wanted to. But she had to work through that process in her head before she was able to get back to the, oh, it's okay to go to the Japanese restaurant place. 
um, and and you know recognizing those sorts of behaviors in other people and recognizing in particular the behaviors that maybe um, drive me crazy or trigger me to put it a little more politely perhaps uh, recognizing that I am powerless over those behaviors then I can change my behavior to maybe not trigger them in the first place so that then I don't have to feel that powerlessness as strongly as I as I did in that in that particular circumstance like I was sitting in the back of the car and she's just going and I'm like okay you know she's 70 something at that point and she's not changing well so I I kind of heard you saying that you and correct me if I'm wrong, but that you feel, that you realize that you're trying to control something that you're powerless over when you are feeling frustrated? Is that... That is would that? be one of the feelings, yes. <laughs> Well, so how, how do you, like in general, I mean, I, more from, from the story, I kind of understood like what, what to do when you are powerless over a situation, but how do you, how do you figure out that you are? Because that's something I, I still struggle with um, sometimes. Like I, I, I have been in the program, but... Sometimes I still feel myself going, if they just do this thing, why aren't they? Um, but yeah, yeah. How well, that particular, why is, the, why is this person not doing what I think they ought to be doing feeling? And it can exhibit to me as frustration. It can exhibit to me as anger. In fact, um, just the other day, my wife asked me if I could do something uh, with the medical insurance form that she thought I knew about and I didn't know anything about it and I got angry because I didn't have the power to do what she wanted me to do uh, and and why was she asking me to do this so it's the flip side there but uh, and and I you know I recognize that that's a that's a, a reaction I need to, to work on but um, so it can it can exhibit in frustration, it can exhibit in anger, um, depending what it is. It can exhibit in a feeling of total helplessness and despair. Sometimes um, this is this is where I go when you know money's not going right. Is I can go to that. Oh my God, everything's just going to be horrible. We're going to be broke. We're going to have to declare bankruptcy and et cetera, et cetera. And I know that's not going to happen, but my my mind still can go there and and i have to recognize that you know i i do recognize that that's happening and i have um some tools to try to um you know hand it over to my higher power to pray on it to um it's this especially in the middle of the night when i can't actually get up and do anything about it <laughs> uh, so the recognition comes in the form of these negative emotions and sometimes i see it and sometimes i don't yeah, I think another feel. I definitely relate to the anger. Uh, that's definitely a, a go-to emotion in in powerless situations. But also fear, which I think is sometimes tied in with anger. And as you were talking, this isn't a personal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this isn't a personal example. But I was talking to a friend who had to take her four-year-old son to the dentist. Uh, the other day, he had to get both of his front teeth pulled out because he had he had whacked his head and they they were the teeth were dead but they weren't going to come out on their own so he had to get them pulled. And she said every time 
he started to cry, she started to cry because she was powerless over his feelings in the situation. You know, she couldn't do anything to make him feel better or to make the teeth go away or to make him not have to go to the dentist and go through this experience. And so I really, I immediately thought of powerlessness in that circumstance and, and fear, you know, I mean, you, you're dealing with a third party here who's entirely in control of the whole situation and so many different outcomes could happen and there's, you know, nothing that you can do about it. So, um, yeah, fear and, and, and anger too. I mean, uh, that's, that's the one I'm most familiar with just because I go back to that default setting of not getting my own way. You know, someone not following through on doing things the way that I think is right or best or best for them or best for me or whatever. But, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, something actually that you were kind of touched on, you kind of touched on when you were mentioning to the Spencer is uh, I kind of relate to especially I, I start focusing I really do uh, say, why is this other person not doing things? Like, I get angry, definitely, definitely get angry. I need to work on that also. But um, when I get angry, I start realizing I say that I'm saying, well, why isn't my mom just whatever? Or my sister's just being a whatever. And um, <laughs> a nice word, not... <laughs> why is my sister being a, a meanie face, clearly, is what I was going to say. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's always very few times in those sentences does the word me come up, unless it's to me. Like, if only my mom would leave me alone and stop trying to take me shopping, or if only my sister would stop calling me at 2 in the morning. You know, it's not action, me with an action word. It's someone else with an action word to me. And um, it takes me a little bit of misery before I get to the point where I start examining these sentences and realizing, <laughs> realizing the, the tenses and the verbs and how they're set up. And um, actually early, really early on, I think one of my, I think my first meeting ever, actually, um, a girl mentioned that uh, she, what changed, part of what changed her perspective or helped her to realize that she's powerless is that she just totally changed the way she approached anything. Like she would say, um, if she felt upset about something that happened, she would say, you know, she'd say her name. So for me, it'd be like, you know, Swetha, you make me feel when someone does this. So it's not that someone else is responsible for her feelings. And um, and when I my sentences aren't phrased like that anymore, <laughs> that's when I realize that I'm kind of uh, focusing more on the other person. Um, like earlier this week, I had a really bad resentment towards a coworker. <laughs> that a few calls went out to friends, <laughs> several, and um, and all of the calls were my coworker is doing this. He's just being such a jerk, and if he only he would just leave me alone so I could do my work. And um, finally, at some point, even though everybody had been saying this to me for a while, <laughs> and I was. By the way, Meta, I was trying to control my friends that I called to get me to tell, get them to tell me that it was okay to be resentful <laughs> about uh, trying to control someone else. So <laughs> just to take that to another level. But yeah, that's kind of how I figure it out eventually is that I feel really miserable and then realize that I'm putting everything on the other person. Do you guys, is that how you kind of let go of that, of, of your resentments or how do you, or of the control, how do you realize that you are and then let go? Um, well, I think part of it for me is 
actually the topic of our, our next podcast, which is acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, accepting the way things are, accepting that my mother is who she is, accepting that my um, my wife is who she is, accepting that my children are who they are, um, and my father too. Okay, just we'll get the whole family in there. <laughs> um, and uh, then I can take the energy that I was putting into how can I make them change? How can I make them do the way, things the way I think they ought to do it? And I can put that energy into, okay, what is my part and what can I change? Um, or what do I just have to let go of? And I, when I came into the program, the first element slogan that I picked up was let go and let God. Um, and although I had to express it as let go because I didn't have the let God concept, and that'll be another podcast, I'm sure, at some point. Um, and uh, and that that really helped me a lot. That was the only way I could deal with my powerlessness over the drinking uh, that was in my family at the time, uh, was to say, this is not mine to control, uh, and I need to let go and let the other person deal with it in whatever way they can and if that means they have to hit a bottom then that's what it means and I was by no means perfect at that by any stretch of the imagination when I came in I'm still not perfect at it it did get easier uh, as as time went on and that that I saw that by me letting go my life became less unmanageable. Mm -hmm. And I can't really say that there was an, an, any sort of uh, directed effect on the other person uh, or other people in my life by letting go, but, but my life got better. And that, that was sort of the key that I had this experience that let go, my life gets easier. Let go, my life gets easier. And even dealing with the outcome of the other person's actions was easier when I wasn't busy trying to control them and resenting them. Yeah, I think I'm glad that you mentioned let go and let God, Spencer, because the slogans are definitely part of what I go to when I'm feeling powerless. Um, you know, let go and let God, absolutely. How important is it? Yeah. First things first. Um, you know, really just trying to look at the situation realistically for what it actually is because in a nanosecond my mind can take a simple comment from someone and send it into another vortex where it's all of a sudden a really giant catastrophe so um, as Chuck says catastrophizing I'm good at that um, so the slogans for sure and also prayer and I feel like maybe those I, I should be using those in reverse order, but this is where I'm at, so this is how I'm doing it for now. But, you know, I really just need to ask my higher power what, what I, what like you said, what I can do in this situation. What's mine? What's not mine? And just taking, using that pause button, you know, really just stopping, giving myself a chance to really look at the situation before I engage, before I act because a lot of times there's just nothing for me to do. You know, I'm just supposed to 
be and let things play out and let people kind of like you said Spencer hit their bottom make their own decisions and when I get out of the way things generally happen better than what I had planned anyway so yeah, I, I think one thing we haven't talked about and that is in my mind um, this weekend because of the the tragic shootings in Connecticut of, on Friday uh, is powerlessness over things that are obviously mm. totally outside of my realm of control, um, you know, world or national events. And my first reaction when I heard about that was uh, anger and despair sort of mixed simultaneously. And this total feeling of hopelessness, like, this is, I can't do anything to fix this. There's no way. And why do these things keep happening and so on? And, and what I had to do was to pause and to put myself into um, a feeling of prayer for healing. That that was something that, that I could do um, that at least helped me um, and and depending on where my concept of God in, is um, maybe um, helps to spread some healing out to other people instead of posting angry, angry rants on Facebook about mentally ill people buying guns and so on um, which really accomplishes nothing except make me more angry and maybe rile up some of my friends to get angry back at me because they have a different opinion than I do, and, and I have and I respect that. You know that very much a let go and let God moment. I really liked that you and Kelly both mentioned prayer actually, because that whenever I finally do get around to praying, <laughs> especially when I'm trying to control something, I have this abnormally high resistance to prayer because I I know when I'm praying, I've like officially said this is. I, this is it. I can't do any more, and th there's that resistance to powerlessness mm -hmm. again. And so, mm -hmm. like once I, you know, once I have to call in my higher power, you know, the big guns, <laughs> officially that I just, I just, I'm, I just can't anymore. I just can't do it. And um, and it's, I'm, I'm still working on this, and I, I don't want it to be that prayer is a last resort <laughs> because as I've learned this week through the coworker situation, I, um, I. It just, it would have been so much faster for me to just go ahead and pray and accept that powerlessness. But um, even when I'm aware of it, it's, it's so hard for me mm -hmm. to say, uh, no, I, I'm powerless over the situation. And this is, this I'm just going to give up to my higher power or just going to give up if, if I'm not ready to, to talk to my higher power about it. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really liked that both of you pointed out prayer there. Let go and let God. And, a lot of the other slogans, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, <laughs> thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, kind, all of those help me out with um, the control situation. And even if I'm still feeling in control, I can at least tell myself not to blurt out something that isn't, for example, thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, or kind, and just take pause like you were mentioning, Kelly. Yeah, I, um, just to kind of add to the conversation too, we received an email from one of our listeners about the topic of powerlessness, and it's from Erica O, and she says, before coming to Al-Anon, I'm sure I had many moments of powerlessness, 
but I never recognized I was powerless. I truly believed I could have some sort of control over my loved ones, that if I just said the one right thing, they would start doing what I thought was best for them. That's familiar. <laughs> if the people around me were living their lives, quote unquote, right, then I would be happy. Coming to Al-Anon helped me shed this illusion of control one tiny piece at a time. I was able to finally feel powerlessness when the alcoholic in my life ended our relationship. At the time, it was very painful. It felt like my whole life was falling apart. But it was also during this period that I got a sponsor, I started working the steps, and made the decision to turn my will and my life over to my higher power. Powerlessness is now something that I view as a gift. When I'm able to recognize the people and events in my life that I cannot control, I can then save some of my emotional and mental energy and use it on other more productive things within my control. And as a little shout out, she also says, thanks for the update on the podcast. I'm excited to see where this goes. So how do you guys react to, to Erica's comments? Um, I mean, I totally relate to that when I finally felt powerlessness and knew it for what it was, that that was when I reached out for help. Uh, for me, that happened the day I came to Al-Anon. Uh, for Erica, it, it happened a little later on. Uh, but that was that was the thing that, that gave me the kick. That was, in effect, my bottom, I guess, that, that, that really brought me to my knees and brought me into recovery. So and it very much was a gift. The thing I like about what Erica shared is that um, she sort of dispels kind of the general Al-Anon rumor that there is going to be a magical solution to healing all of our problems. And, and so she says that really what she had to do was kind of some counterintuitive things. You know, she got a sponsor, she started working the steps, and so she wasn't actually doing anything directly specifically to work through the idea of powerlessness. She was just in general working on herself and trying to make her life better and taking those actions in turn helped her work through her powerlessness. Yeah, that, that same sentence where she mentions that she made the decision to turn her will and life over to her higher power. Um, I, I really like that because it does point out that you make the conscious choice to do what you were doing or trying something new. and. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes in the program, I think, oh, I've, I've worked some of the steps. I don't need to make a conscious choice anymore. It's just, it's natural. I'm good. <laughs> I'm solid. But it's not. Every single time, I still make the conscious choice. And sometimes I consciously choose to go back to my old ways. And then I consciously choose to try the new way again. Because the old way didn't work, <laughs> shockingly. Try <laughs> And I also, one of, the, one of the sentences that I really liked up here, uh, she mentioned that she truly believed she could have some sort of control over loved ones, and this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but I think powerlessness, part of the reason I had trouble with powerlessness is because when, the way I was raised, like, power over someone and love was kind of, they were, they were really closely intertwined, you know, there's just, it was hard to separate those two things out, and so I thought, if you love someone, you have power over them, and... I would let people have power over me and then wonder why I don't have power over them and then get really resentful about that. And that mm. was, it was part of me understanding powerlessness was separating those two decisions out. I thought if I didn't have power over somebody or they didn't have power over me, it meant that I wasn't loved or that I wasn't loving somebody else. Mm. 
And I didn't want to lose that either. I didn't want to not be loved because I, I mean, it's just what a horrible thought that <laughs> nobody was going to love me and I was never going to love anyone and be alone. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, but what was going through my head as, as you said that uh, is the um, song, and I think it's by Sting, If You Love Someone, Let Them Go. Mm -hmm. If somebody let the, set them free, mm -hmm. if you love someone, set them free, and and that, um, and the reading in um, how Alan works on the first step. There's this phrase where it says we confuse with caring with controlling, right. and uh, and and those two things were just playing off against each other mm -hmm. um, in my head. This is Concrete Blonde's take on powerlessness. The song is Joey. And I see this person being totally powerless over Joey, who's out having a great time, and, and the singer is just home waiting for uh, uh, Joey to come back. And, uh, so have a little listen, and then we'll come back. Welcome back to The Recovery Show. There's a lot of information on our website, which is therecoveryshow.com. And you can go there. We have uh, links to our podcasts. Uh, that's probably where you found this, actually, so you already know about the website. But if not, uh, we have, we're posting a daily meditation, everyday um, meditation with a, a, some sort of picture that hopefully relates to it. And uh, sometimes we, uh, there's a music video that goes along with it as well. Uh, we're also posting uh, open talk speaker tapes on a semi-regular basis um, every couple weeks or once a month. Haven't quite decided on that. And you know, part of what's happening with the podcast is that we're still shaping it. We're still figuring out what we want to do, what works for us, and we'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to hear and see in the in the in the podcast and on the website. And Kelly. How can people send us this feedback? Well, there's two ways that you guys can reach us. You can call us and leave a voicemail. That number is area code 734-707-8795. Or you can send us an email at feedback at therecoveryshow.com, just and in case you didn't catch it the first time. Phone number is 734 707 8795 or feedback at the recovery show.com and we would love to hear your comments. 
And the, both the phone number and the email address are also on the website. Okay, and our topic next week will be acceptance. We welcome your thoughts, although our recording schedule is such that we won't be able to incorporate them into the next podcast, but we can share them on the website. And now Warren Zevon is being very self-indulgent, <laughs> singing about his poor, poor, pitiful self. <laughs> listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems are, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about your problem you're facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in future episodes. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.